Hey guys, how are we getting on? Welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 18. I hope we have all had an absolutely fantastic Christmas, enjoyed some time off and are itching to get back um, as I was. I know I don't, uh, I don't enjoy time off as, as, as much as I probably should. Um, I just love to be busy and trying to get back to, to coaching and training myself with something that I really wanted to do. Talking about number 18 podcast, just in front of me, funny enough, um, is sitting on my, oh, my diary is open right in front of me here and the topic of today's conversation is all going to be about goal setting. On 31st of December, every single year I get my new diary, I write in my new goals for the year and the third one down here for me is have, your, have over 15 podcast episodes live. So that's one goal that I have ticked off myself um, as this one is episode 18. So that kind of leads me to to where this podcast is going to be about. And I wanted to make this over the last number of days. I'm glad that I got it in before the new year. This podcast is going to be about the key points learned of 2020, how to tackle 2021 goal setting, and advice for beginners who are entering the gym for the first time. So with that said, key points learned in 2020. And what a year it has been. You almost get a bit of a shiver when you hear the word 2020. There has been a lot of lows, but also some highs with it. But from the lows perspective and how hard it has been for everyone, we have to think of it as that it's that winner learned, you know, just as John Calvin's book book, uh, title read, and we have to win or else we learn. And that's a really, really important and key part of progression. It's reflective and we will touch on that as we go through this podcast. So what have I learned in 2020? So from a life perspective, Uh, Number one has got to be how adaptive as a generation we can be. For myself, like moving from a, I had no intention, I'm not joking any of you guys, I had absolutely zero intention of moving completely online as a coach. I loved online or on the floor gym PT. That was what I loved. That's what I've always done. I had no intention of moving here. I did a little bit of online work, a couple of clients every couple of months or whatever it was so for me to move and transition and just adapt to my surroundings and my environment and to move as an online coach anything through to to take away coffee do you know people um delivering coffee cups delivery pints really as well seen a lot of guinness floating around dublin Um, take away build your own burger kits online courses online webinars myself and adam hosted a webinar um, on transformations and health and well-being webinars and um, seminars going online chefs making new online cooking businesses or cookie businesses even i've seen a few and um, people i know back in dublin start their own businesses that they probably felt like they never could before and now they've launched it and um, my sister for instance started making and selling her own face masks and that's just initiative people taking the initiative there uh, in their own hands and it just shows there's there is an industry for everything if you want it and you're you're adaptive enough to your environment and clever enough to make um your product or your niche um a good quality enough people are going to reach out for it number two on how how our 2020 from a life perspective um, is how important our circle is and i think this has been a really really important one for me this year in particular Keeping people who are positive and want to get the best out of you close. Do you know, I think it's really, it's a, um, a cliche, I think, where you want to try to keep your, your friends close and your enemies closer. Maybe not, not so the enemies closer, but definitely keeping your friends close. Um, the negativity will only slow you down. You have to have people that are going to boost you up and lift you up rather than pull you down here. 
keeping family, friends and loved ones your number one priority and I'm sure all of you had that um, massively over Christmas and hopefully got, got time to spend with them over Christmas and it really shows how, how much um, of a priority they should be in every single person's life. It's been such a big one for me as I've learned. Uh, I've leaned on a lot of people in my circle over the last nine months here. Um, I felt very lost at some stages and I needed people to push me in the right direction and they've only helped me to get to where I am today and I'm, I'm, I'm never been more appreciative of them from where I am right now. So from a, a training and mentoring perspective, from a training perspective in particular, the main one and lesson that I've learned in 2020 is no junk volume. And I've used that phrase before and no junk volume means like less is, is more. Like are we doing three, four, five sets in an exercise and that is junk volume where that's additional volume that doesn't need to be there. If we can minimize our volume, that means and we do a less is more, if we have one or two working sets on exercises, it really, really pushes you to make those reps count or make those sets count. It's not just breezing through the third set while you're talking to someone or you're on, the, you're on your phone and just getting, getting minimal stimulus from it, but just doing it for the sake of doing it, that's junk volume. But what if we say, let's do two sets maximum all out, even one set all out is what I'm doing on a lot of programming at the moment and when you get into that set you make it count because you only have one opportunity at it and you only have one um you only have one opportunity and one one time to actually give it your all you give it 100 percent so that's been the massive thing for me in my own programming for clients and i'm sure they've all felt that over the last number of months at seeing the the drastic increase in uh, exercise pool. So we're going from maybe five or six exercises, maybe doing four sets. Now we can do eight or nine exercises at one or two sets. So we can get more variety. We can hit different rep ranges. We can hit different lengths of the muscle tissue. We can hit different angles, different um, execution setups. There's so much more variety and, and, and ability to progress than is going to skyrocket with that. So number one from a training and mentoring perspective is going to be no junk volume. Number two is going to be how useful having people in your corner regarding mentors and coaches are. Like from a, a business standpoint, like I, I hired um, a guy called Mark Coles, if anyone is familiar with him, he works with a lot of, of coaches. And just from a, a business standpoint, like having someone guide me in the right direction, to have the correct systems in place to be very efficient and with that then being much more effective and being able to help a lot more people. I think that was one thing that I, I was struggling with was getting bogged down with the amount of workload I had and not having the correct systems in place to deal with people coming on board that probably my, my level of coaching probably dropped to what I didn't want it to be, be at and having Mark has just been amazing. But the main thing that he's done for me is has allowed me to value myself and I think a lot of us find it extremely difficult to value ourselves. and we'll always go ah yeah sure like we're we're probably not not as good as, as you might be saying so we always try to put ourselves down and I feel from from me now looking back at it I've probably always undervalued myself and um, before I started working with Mark and he's been the best investment I've ever made um, regarding that and being able to actually get more sense of fulfillment and value from my life has been has been amazing and and Genuinely having him in my corner has been huge. From a physique perspective, um, having AJ as my coach over the last almost two months now, 
has been such a big learning curve for me, um, from my own physique, um, but also just from, from my coaching uh, in particular as well. His simplicity to his coaching has just been so refreshing. When I was, he's a top, top level um, bodybuilder. He's a, he's a professional bodybuilder for natural athletes or a, a natural bodybuilder, but he's also an extremely good coach. So when I said, oh, you know what, what I'm doing at the moment, being at such a low level online coach now, if, if AJ is coming in, and again, this is probably me undervaluing myself here as I speak, and probably not at, at the stage I need to get to yet, but when I said, okay, AJ is going to come on board, he's such a, a top, top level coach, everything's going to give me his crazy amount of data collection he's going to ask for, everything's going to be down to T, and then when he comes in, he's just, it's just, here's your training plan, here's your nutrition plan, and here's your planner, and that's it. And we do a simple check-in on a week-to-week basis, and that's it done, do you know, and it really is so refreshing in his simplicity and then it really um, allowed me to and that gives brings us to number four it's going to be my adaptation of my own coaching um over this period of time and i think of the um if people are are uh, are uh, or understand the iceberg uh, analogy or the iceberg approach where we just see the tip of the iceberg in the water but underneath it is just such a large volume of iceberg underneath it and the same thing is with, with clients where you don't need to overwhelm people with so much information. Do you know, I think that's what AJ has shown to me that you don't need all this stuff. We just need to get what needs to be done and then nothing additional to that needs to be in place. And for myself, trying to really take a step back now and say, okay, you know what, maybe if I just not overwhelm clients with all this information, just because I know I know what it is or I know I can give it to them, doesn't mean I have to give it to them right now. And just the iceberg approach, what they need, when they need it, is how I go about things now. And the, just because big words and phrases sound cool and you think that um, they might sound impressive, don't mean you have to say it. Like, like saying something like um, adding dietary fat into your pre-workout to stabilize blood glucose levels across your workout, um, you could just say, have a square of dark chocolate with your workout, with your pre-workout, and that's much easier for the for the client on the other end to to, to receive and and excuse the pun digest it um, and utilize it then rather than bogging them down with all these uh, phrases and, and long words. Can we just simplify it and use the tip of the iceberg? And number five is is how much I actually love coaching, and maybe I'd fallen out of love with it. Um, a little bit uh, when I kind of had to get back into PT over here and was struggling a little bit with kind of getting clients and things like this um, and probably not coaching the people that I wanted to be coaching and just seeing transformations like like Jack for example that I posted the other day almost 60 pounds off his frame now and not even that part but more so seeing them each week the words just bouncing off the page seeing them happier seeing more energy and of course obviously the pictures each week just getting blown away by the progress he's making or from here from the fact that you hear people being more content with themselves that came up in one check-in today was that they've never felt more content in themselves than they have been right now females are gaining their menstrual cycle men feeling more self-confident it is genuinely truly the best feeling in the world helping someone live a happier life it is so fulfilling and it's it's tough at some some parts but when you get that feeling it's there's nothing like it and it's really really um 
kind of brought my love back for coaching and show me how much I absolutely love it. So that's that's what I've learned from 2020. All those all those parts about from a coaching perspective, um, how much I love coaching. When we talk about how useful our mentors are, no junk volume, how important our circle is, and how ad- adaptive our generation can be now. So 2021 is, you guys are going to probably get this on the 30th as well, so two or three days around the corner. Do not start, do not wait until the first, start today. I know it's only a couple of days, but just that mindset flip of we don't wait until 2021 to start our journey. We start the minute you listen to this podcast. And there's a couple of things we're going to talk about today. It's going to be goal setting. Do not overcomplicate goal setting. I hear that a lot of people trying to overset goals, write 137 unachievable, ridiculous goals. Let's pull that all back now. Let's really, really pull that back. And, uh, and let's try and set three to five specific achievable goals. We need to also think of, like we also want to set macro goals. Macro being like a longer time frame. let's say for, for the whole year. So like for instance, when I'm looking down my book here, I can see have 15 podcast episodes live by the end of the year. That's a macro goal. Where a micro goal might be, and again, I set, I ask all clients to set, set goals from a performance standpoint, things like this. Every three months, they're more micro goals where they're more acute in timeline. So can we set something? Where do we want to be in three months' time? I want to drop three kilos in, or let's say three kilos in three months' time that's a, a micro goal. That's an achievable and um, specific goal in three months' time. And then every three months, we can be very reflective. What worked well? How can I improve upon this? How can I get better out of myself? All these kind of things that we can actually reflect on. If a goal doesn't go to plan, we don't just leave it there and go, oh yeah, sure, I was never going to achieve that. No, we look at that and say, how could I possibly have achieved that? Did my actions... Um, were my actions in line with my goals here? If the goal was to lose three kilos and we, we never achieved that, we didn't move scale weight for three months, we say, what happened there? What was our nutrition like? What was our output like? Did we get to the gym enough during the week, during the, during the three months? And then we can say, no, actually, no, we didn't actually get to the gym um, frequently enough. We, our nutrition wasn't tracked. We just ate completely off plan and ate what we wanted to. At the weekend, we completely blew out our calories. All these kind of things then that we can reflect upon. And then for that next three months, then we have to flip all them on its head and make sure that we, we spin that into positive. I'll also say set a date and set a goal and set the outcome as well. So something, for instance, by the 31st of March, January, February, March, yeah, no, I'm right there. By the 31st of March, I want to be able to RDL 100 kilos for eight reps to help improve my glutes, posterior chain, hamstrings, whatever it is. If you can give the why to a goal, that is going to hold so much more power than just writing down uh, in a notebook, RDL, 100 kilos, 8 reps. Do you know? If you can give the why to say, like, I need to achieve this because I want to improve this or what the outcome is going to be of that goal. So that is goal setting ticked off. When we talk about new beginners in the gym and I think that this is again very overcomplicated, and no one needs to be when I was a, <laughs> I wouldn't even like to look back at the programs that I used to do back in the day 
but it's just simple. We need to learn, first of all, of course, learn from our mistakes, the win or learn like we talked about. But there are definitely pieces of advice that I would advise um, doing from the offset. One, clear, concise, have a plan in place. I see so many people walk into the gym with no plan, go from equipment to equipment, don't write it down, what weight we use, how we set up the piece of equipment, how many reps we got, and don't see progress in a couple of months' time. How do we get progression there? How do we progress our stimulus through no plan, no um, no writing it down, things like this? Um, you need structure. You need progression to move yourself forward. From a nutrition standpoint, get a really good idea of what you are actually consuming. If you wanted to write them out, if you wanted to use a, an app is fantastic, something like MyFitnessPal can evaluate how many calories you're taking in a day what your macronutrient splits are like. And then we have to look at what, what our calories should look like um, on a day-to-day -day basis or a weekly basis even. And they should reflect our goals. So the one that I like to use from a calorie perspective is gonna be like a Harris-Benedict method is quite nice, but even simply pulling a, a caloric target, say for a, um, a male who's 75 kilos, let's say eats 2,200 calories a day. Um, and from that, if our goal is to lose body fat and our scale weight is not moving or we have gone up in scale weight, we probably know that amount is too high. So we can maybe take 150 calories from that and see it, try it again. And then we start to see the scale weight come down and then we can see ourselves visually appear leaner. Then we know that's the right caloric target for us. So trial and error is going to be key for that, even with using something like the Harris-Benedict method. And then, of course, vice versa, if you want to go up and scale it and gain muscle tissue. Number three is going to be from a macro perspective. The main one, especially for a beginner, is to just nail your protein. Okay, If you're to nail your protein by the, the zone or the sweet spot, and I was talking to a client on the coaching call this morning about this, if we can hit anywhere between 1.7 and 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight, you'd be in a great position. So, for instance, if we are, actually, I'm going to try and use 100 kilo individual to save my maths or my poor maths. If we're 100 kilos, we want to be eating somewhere between 170 and 220 grams of protein a day. If we're in that sweet spot, that is the research sweet spot. Anything above that, there's been no additional research to say that eating 3 grams per kilo of body weight has any um, potential benefit. So going above that is, is probably useless. However, if you find that um, that is more satiating and you enjoy a higher protein diet, of course, that's, that's definitely a plus um, and you can utilize that. But staying in that zone would be ideal. We talk about carbs and fats, obviously the other two macronutrients. We want to allow them to just fluctuate a little bit. I would be on a, um, on a advise you all to have slightly higher carbohydrates and a moderate fat. You know, I wouldn't go like if we're let's say have the same caloric targets for each day which i probably advise all new beginners to 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 try out i wouldn't be going anywhere under 30 grams of fat for a female or 25 30 grams of fat for a female and i wouldn't be going underneath anywhere kind of 40 to 45 grams of fat for a male i would keep it above there fat is very very important for cognitive function it's very important for hormonal function for overall health um, is, is very, very important to keep in a good place. So don't drop it too low. And then the rest of that can be carbs. But if someday you have beef instead of um, chicken or salmon instead of uh, whitefish or um, 
trying to think of a fatty vegan, some, something that's high in fat vegan wise, um, instead of having maybe tempa or something like this. If, if you have higher fat one day or higher carbs, the, the, the difference in body composition is going to be so minimal that it's not even worth arguing about. So let those two fluctuate. So going back on that again, calories are number one, protein is number two, and then let carbs and fats fluctuate. Quality of food is going to be number four, okay? Quality of food cannot be overlooked. The highest quality of food at all times. I assume that every single person listening to this podcast is looking to build some muscle tissue. I'm not talking about stepping on stage and trying to turn into the Hulk and try to get as bulky as we can here. Even if your goal is to tone up, that literally means to build a little bit of muscle tissue so we can actually see it. So when we talk about food quality, and the, the analogy I like to use is like growing crops. And when a, a farmer tries to grow car, crops, um, it, what's the first thing it looks at? It looks at the soil. If the soil is in poor quality, the crops are going to be in poor quality. So if the poor soil is in great quality, the crops are going to be in great quality. So the soil is going to be your body. The better quality and the more effective, efficient your body can be through higher quality food intake, the more muscle tissue it will be able to grow, okay? So if we can put better quality food in there and look after our nutrition a lot better, you're gonna find you can build a lot more muscle tissue on a higher quality food diet. Number five is gonna be water intake. I would advise these are just round figures, but nothing lower than two to two and a half liters for a female and three, three and a half liters plus for a male. The most important times are directly upon wake. I would try and get 750 mils down directly upon wake. Pre-workout, of course, or the lead up to pre-workout in particular. Intra-workout while we are training and post-workout in particular as well. So those four times are gonna be the most important. Six and seven are gonna be very important ones as well that I think are very often overlooked in particular for uh, beginners. One is gonna be sleep and for us to be able to optimize our sleep quality allows us to optimize everything. Mood, energy, training performance, uh, appetite. This, every single variable that you can possibly think of revolves around having good quality sleep. So if we can optimize our consistent or optimize with consistent sleep and wake times. If we can reduce our screen time before bed, ideally with blue light blocking glasses on. I'll always say the uglier the better. I have disgracefully ugly orange ones, but they seem to do the trick getting AM daylight exposure, because when you get AM daylight exposure, that will increase your, or start your melatonin rhythm. It will, it will improve your circadian alignment, which actually allows you to fall asleep and feel sleepier earlier in the evening. And then pre-bed, what are we doing right before we go to bed? Are we staring at our phone and flicking through Instagram, which I definitely do not advise, or are we reading, doing some breathing, maybe some journaling, things like this. Number seven is managing stress. And we talk about allostatic load being the overall stress load of an individual. The more stress we have, the more sympathetically driven we are. The more sympathetically driven we are, the less ability we have to, to recover, to perform, to build muscle, to lose body fat, to digest food, to utilize food, to deal with stress, anxiety, and to sleep. And I think we can all agree that those are really, really, really important. So if we can manage stress better, we can optimize every single variable that I just spoke about there. How do we manage stress? So that's going to be completely individualized. Meditation, daylight, getting out some nature, journaling, yoga, 
I think I said breathe work already as well. All these things will, will help, but you need to find the one that works well for you. Number eight then is just, just to have some fun. Do you know, I think that we, I've made so many mistakes over the years, but I've enjoyed every single minute of the process so far. And yeah, just just ha just have some fun with it and don't complicate, don't overcomplicate it and enjoy the process. But number nine, and I genuinely wish I had have heard someone tell me this in the podcast years ago, get some guidance, especially for beginners or people who aren't 100% certain about the gym and training and nutrition and lifestyle uh, interventions. You can literally shave off years here if you can get someone to give you the right plan. Okay, I spent years and years, especially in my early days, just trial and error, where I could have made progress probably in six years. I could have made that in six months if I was able to coach myself now. I was so stubborn right until two months ago, thinking I'd never need a coach. I'm a coach. I don't need a coach. But here I am singing his praises with the best physique I've ever had right now. So do get yourself a good coach that you trust. It's so, so, so important. So guys, with that said, I hope you've all had a fantastic year um, and we'll all have a really, really nice uh, new year coming up here. But as I've said, to, as I told to all my clients, eyes on 2021, nothing more, nothing less. Get your mind in there, visualize where you want to be sitting at this time in 2021 and let's all get after it together. Hope you guys really enjoyed this one and could take some value from it and I will catch you in the next one.